All right, welcome back to A3's The Academy Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Beckwith. Uh, Coach AJ Orange. Nart Charles. Today we're going to dive into, we're going to actually go a little bit deeper into the preparation side of things and dive into competition preparation. So last time we talked, we were talking a lot about going into the testing cycles of camps and clinics and all those things, combines, and how important the preparation for those were. And I want to take it a step further and talk about using that preparation that we did for tests and combines and camps and now put that into getting ready for a game with COVID happening and having kind of a weird situation going on, especially with the high schools. We're getting a lot of text messages about, you know, Hey, games are starting, you know, it's a little different, you know, what should I be doing to prepare for my game the night two before? And this is where we have to step in and, you know, as professionals and say, look, you know, it, it is about preparation. And if you're prepped, you should be calm. And I want to be doing much of anything really. Right. And that's what I really want to get into that. If you have, if you've taken the time to prepare for what's coming and you've put your mind through everything that needs to happen going into any game situation, regardless of what competition or sport that it is, you should have a very calm mind going into it, knowing that you're prepped and you're ready to go. And I really want to dive into that. And AJ, you brought up a great point about, you know, what you were doing at the professional football level the night before, you know, ordering room service and kind of hanging out because yeah. what's the point of doing yeah. anything else? I mean, I mean, uh, to your point, when I was, when I was young, right. My first couple of years, uh, playing pro, I was that guy right? Trying to prepare, making sure I was prepared all the way up. Hadn't got on the field yet. The moment I started taking snaps and started actually preparing and then realizing that I was prepared the night before it just came, just started to become a rest night, right? right. You're resting. And I was telling you, um, later in my career, when I got to the CFL and I noticed like my roommates would be rookie guys or guys just coming in that they'd be out in the streets, you know, spinning their per diem, going out, doing whatever. Every time we went to a new city. Meanwhile, like I was telling you, I was in my room, ordering room service, just laying in the bed the whole night before watching whatever film I could. Um, sometimes I would have teammates that would be, you know, trying to cram, you know, getting their film in or whatever. And that scared me because I'm like, <laughs> how you can't, you, there's not enough film you can watch the night before that's going to prepare you for the game. That that takes time, right? right. You got well, the like, retention. You're not going to Yeah, you're not going to like, right. You cram for a test, right? But only if you can remember the answers. You're not going to remember all the answers. In, in a game, things happen fast. So, like like I said, those things made me nervous because where I come from, playing five years and then going to the CFL, at this point, it was like I was already prepared, and I knew I was already prepared. So the night before was just rest, relaxation, making sure I wasn't, I wasn't tired in the morning, lethargic, I didn't, how, how I was feeling, um, you know, using rapid reboot or – Normatech, whatever it was, getting some little little therapy, but for the most part, not doing much of anything. Kind of going over my notes, you know, finding my keys, and then relaxing, sleeping it off, and then getting prepared for the game. I wasn't trying. You don't really need to do much of anything, right? Yeah, for for me, it was kind of similar the same way. I mean, we play every day, right. so it's a little bit different, you know. So it's not like everybody's trying to go out and do stuff, but I kind of like to do the same thing before a game. Um, I'm not trying to go out and do a whole bunch of stuff. I'm trying to just relax, you know, prep, watch some video, like the video they may have that they send us on the pitcher, see what he does in certain counts, kind of do my little homework and research. Because um, a lot of times going into a series, we'll have the list of pitchers who's throwing which games, right? So 
when we find out the first pitcher we're going to face, okay, I, I'm just studying everything on him, you know, but unlike you guys, obviously you guys play it, you play one mm-hmm. um, once game. a week. Yeah. So in my, in my, it's kind of like, it's not cramming, but it kind of is a little bit, you know, but at least I have like, the but you night guys are before. playing like the same team in a series. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I have the night before. And then obviously when we get to the field, we have a TV in the locker room in the clubhouse and there's just repetitive film playing of this pitcher throwing. You get to see all the video that you watched, or maybe it's a different video that you watched, something more recent, or maybe it's something from a little bit bit ago. But either way, you get to see the tendencies, you get to see pitches and counts, you get to see how he attacks certain hitters. You kind of match up. Okay, well, I hit fourth in the lineup. I'm a big lefty. How does he face? You know, their guy who hit fifth in the lineup, but he's a big lefty too. You know, so that's kind of our preparation in that same same sense. Then you can visualize, put yourself in situations. Think about, okay, I got to run on second and third or do whatever you have to do, whatever your visualization consists of, um, and prepare yourself for that game. But definitely preparation is huge. I think one thing that a lot of people don't think about, they might understand it, but they don't think about it from a preparation standpoint with, with what you have to go through as a baseball player is, you know, the position players are pretty much the position players. You know, mm-hmm. there might be one or two fills. So the second baseman might get filled and he might play a little bit differently. But for the most part, position players are the same. But when you have a pitching staff of almost 20 people <laughs> and you have what a rotation of five or six guys that might be starters, and then you got to yeah. know who's coming in mid game and who might be closers. What pitches they throw. Are right, they that's throwing what I'm fast, saying. Like doing hard. Just think about that, Fielding that algorithm there in your head of, okay, if there's 20 people potentially on staff and this many people are starters and this many people are mid game and this many people are closers. And then this guy's a lefty, this guy's a righty, this guy throws this. This I mean, guy's a good sinker. This I mean, guy's we just, cutter. just right there. And what we just said, I mean, that's, close to 250 different things that you need to know mm-hmm. because you know people think oh well you play the same team back to back you know how hard is that well yeah no I, but it's it's not as easy as you think as like a hitter a pitcher right yeah exactly because yeah. you don't know who's throwing exactly and the and the one of the one of the toughest things that we have to do is is make sure that you're focused and you know your your pitching personnel like right. we talked about like what they throw right. you know okay this guy throws harder this guy doesn't throw as hard so they're probably going to pull more balls off of him and that's something we do too okay well their first hitter he's good at spraying the field mm-hmm. but he's a fast guy he likes to bunt so we're going to play infield or corners in you know and middle if he hits a ball at the middle get rid of it mm-hmm. you got to know who's who's running the bases while you're also knowing who your personnel is and what they have and what they can do, right? Mm-hmm. So we always have like a little list too of what people do that we go over as part of preparation, like you watching film where you kind of going over playbooks. You know, we have like positioning on on players. Right. This guy likes to pull the ball. This guy hits a little harder. We can step back a little bit. We got to shift this guy. Like me, when I get up, I know teams always are like, "Hey, we're shifting Charles," so they're moving all the way over to the right side third baseman's playing shortstop and they got three defenders pretty much, you know, mm. on the right side. So it's like just understanding those things and knowing who's hitting, but also knowing your pitcher. Right. And that's important to understand that, you know, when you know that much and you can break it down, this goes back to the original point, you're much calmer going into it 100%. because you have, you've put yourself in position. And we talk about this all the time that in, in any given instance, you're going to react better when you've put yourself in that position in your head and you visualized it to the umpteenth time, that's preparation. And if you're walking into a scenario of stress, which is competition and adrenaline's pumping, there's no time to think anymore. It's react, 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 react. You had all week to think. Mm -hmm. 
it's not about thinking anymore. It's about knowing the scenario, knowing the situation of what's happening in front of you and reacting to it. And one thing that I learned, and this I learned it actually in college and then was able to take it into the professional realm, was doing both sports in college was just so eye-opening. It was so different. You know, going from football to track in college was, I, I can't imagine a more contrasting pre-game slash competition thing. Because mm -hmm. in football, you look at it, and I'm sure it's the same for you, and in most team sports that you're watching film, you're taking tests on your position and who yep. you're going up against. The receivers, the quarterbacks, uh, yeah, all that. Understanding that, hey, it's if I'm playing receiver and we're running a three-set position to the right, so we're running trips to the right, it's third down and nine, and they switch to a different coverage, and one of us has to go in motion to the other side to go doubles. And in between that time, before that and the snap, my route might change three different times. Yeah. Trying to figure out what's in front of me, right? And then even in the middle of my route, I might be running a read route, which means my route's going to change in the middle of the route, depending on how the defender's playing me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're going through all that. Then there's, you know, curfew and all those kind of things. You got to get to bed. Then you got to get up and you wake up and you have breakfast with your teammates and all that. And track, <laughs> it was, you get to the hotel the night before and the coach goes, hey, throwers are going at this time, distance is going at this time, sprint's going at this time, because the, you know, the time's so different on events. Yeah. So it would make no sense that me as a sprinter that has to not run until 3 p.m., why am I getting to the track at 8, right? So they would True. run shuttles back and forth, and he would tell us, like, just be respectful. Use common sense and be respectful. Everybody prepares differently. So just be smart, be respectful, be quiet, and do what you got to do to get yourself ready. And I thought at the time, I thought that was the coolest thing ever because I didn't have all this responsibility <laughs> of tests and and yeah. video and all that. But as I got to a pro, I really appreciated that because it, it, it conditioned me to understand that it's okay to be a little bit different. It's okay to have your own method to get ready for competition. And it really served me well going in. And now as a coach, it really serves me well to get people to understand that you've just got to put your mind in position. Like what if in track, let's say I'm a sprinter and you're in a position where the starter holds a gun longer than another person. And if you're trying to react and you understand, you know, it's all about positioning, right? So if I'm in a really comfortable, I don't know that you can be really comfortable in the blocks, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Like if you're in a better position in the blocks where you're able to hold positions, now I can hold that if the gun's being held longer, right? Or if it's, I got a headwind in the pole vault, I got to know how to come out of that because you just never know what kind of headwind or sidewind or tailwind you're going to get. You always hope for a tailwind, long jump, same thing. I mean, we can go down the scenarios of all the different events, but when you start thinking about that, if, if I've prepped myself for those things, now I'm in a position to be okay. I'm not going to freak out. It's time to just, I've been here before. It's time to react. It's time to go after it. Yeah. And that's a really important thing that you can do on an everyday basis as you're going through your training, as you're going through practice, as you're going through checks and practice. Those are things that can be constantly thought about right and we talk about it all the time in here aj when we're we're training kids you know we might be doing the most unorthodox movement that you can think of mm. but if you can be creative in your mind and have an understanding of what we're trying to accomplish you know maybe it's a posterior chain reaction that we're trying to create and it's just a really unorthodox thing that you'll never do in tennis or you'll never do in a softball field but i've prepared myself to be in that position and react to it just in case. now exactly just in case but if i put my head on the field 
and I put myself on the blocks as a swimmer trying to react to the gun. Now, all of a sudden, I've been there. And mm -hmm. I've been there multiple times because we did 50 reps of it in here. You've conditioned yourself for all the different scenarios. Correct. Yeah. So you just got 50 mental reps without ever having to be on the field of play or competition exactly of where you're going. Men mental reps, right? Yep. 100%. Completely different between physical, going through practice throughout the week, and then prepping night before a game. It's right. all mental. Going over the film, seeing what receivers I'm going to – you know, I would go through the film and, like, line up the receivers who what receivers played on the right what receivers played on the left and then i would run through all the coverages mm -hmm. over i would pick one play cover two on this play cover four versus this play man to man versus this play just mm -hmm. to see where i was going to end up at right. if i see this play and what coverage i would be nice. in, right yeah. so then yeah. when i get onto the field and i recognize something oh i did this mentally cover four i was looking at this on the film last night and it was this exact play and i put myself in cover two i put myself in cover mm -hmm. four so I already know where this guy's going to go. I already know where I need to be to be successful, right? So that's very important. Yeah. The mental part right. is preparing you versus Absolutely. the physical, right? Practicing and everything up ahead, oh, up yeah. leading into it. And there's that connection point, right? That you're doing something a little bit different in here that will never happen in your game or in your competition. Mm -hmm. But you're taking that physical movement and you're making it about your sport or competition mentally. And so now you're creating that pathway that allows you to understand what you're doing so that when you need that mental rep, it's there it's because there, yeah. it's something it associated to something physical. So as an example, one of the kids that that was texting us is I asked him how he was doing today as his first football game tonight and they moved him to middle linebacker. And I said, perfect. Remember quick rise and go with the tennis ball? That's playing linebacker. So what I'm saying is, you know, the quick rise and go is a pretty popular track and field drill that you're standing on the line you say quick you get your feet going rise you get your hands up and then you say go or you clap so you get that auditory response to take off and you eliminate a false step so that there's no movement in the block right you're just boom you go so we've adapted it and we do it with soccer players and volleyball players and football players and everybody baseball players and we use a tennis ball and instead of saying go we drop the ball and you have to catch the ball. So you have to take off off the line and catch the ball by the time it bounces the second time. So it'll bounce once. And on the second way down, you have to catch it. So we might be 15 feet away from the line. We might be in some cases 20 plus feet off the line. And so he's gotten really good at that drill. And we'll do it, you know, vertically. We'll do it laterally. We'll do, you know, from peripherals and all those kind of things. And I said that. I said that that's linebacker right there. That's playing linebacker. Quick rise and go with a tennis ball. And he goes, that makes perfect sense. I'm. Yeah, cool. Thank you. You know, and it's just, but will you ever do that in football? No, but you get the point that there's a way to associate. And that's what I'm saying, that there's things that you do on a daily basis, picking up your bag to go to school, you know, <laughs> how you're standing up versus sitting down. I mean, all these things are ways that you can prep if you put your mind there. Like if I really wanted to think about hitting somebody in football, then the way I sit down and the way I stand up can be a position thing that I'm constantly thinking about, you know, where my spine is, where my mm -hmm. shin is, how my glutes are engaged. Mm -hmm. These are all things that I can be thinking about all the time. I mean, about hitting a baseball, fielding a ball. I mean, there's something throughout your day, every day, multiple times a day where you could put yourself into a competition mode mentally and really prepare yourself all the time. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just thinking outside the box when it comes to those things and, yep. and putting yourself there. And the more you put yourself there, the more practice you get. And it, you don't have to like turn it on just because you're at practice and then turn it off when you're not there. And it goes into business as well. Like if you're, if you're constantly thinking about ways to improve, Improvement's going to happen. 
because that's where your mindset is. And that's the same goes for competition. And that's a really important factor. I want to touch on what you said with the mental reps real quick, just to kind of go back yeah. to it um, and going into the games and how important it is because la the last year we played, not last year, obviously due to COVID, but I was hurt, right? And all I can do is get, mental you know, reps. get my mental reps mm -hmm. in. And I truly believe, I 100% believe that that was a token to the success that I had coming back off of the injury, you know, mm -hmm. because I couldn't play, but I would watch the game with a purpose. You know, I wouldn't just goof around in the dugout with my teammates. Um, I was talking with a guy named Freddie Sandoval. He has many years in the big leagues. He's also a, like, team psychologist now. So oh, nice. somebody who I, I kind of worked with through that to kind of ask him different ways that I can prepare or other ways that I can do stuff to, like, think out of the box. Like you said, like, I'm never going to do certain things, but I was doing it in that moment just because I knew that it can help me going forward. And I came back I, during the game, like you said, like, I don't know how many at-bats for both teams throughout the game, but I was taking at-bats when our pitchers were pitching and when their pitchers were pitching. How would I react in this moment? Okay, what would I be looking for? Mm. What is he going to throw? You know, okay, where's the where's the the fielders playing at this position? You know, okay, it's two outs with bases loaded. You know, I'm just trying to put something in play or just put myself in those positions. And when I got back after injury, I hit the ground running right away. Right. You didn't you know, have to think. I didn't have to think. It was just right. all reaction mm -hmm. because of that mental preparation. I was yep. ready. Mm -hmm. I was ready. And I came back and my teammates were like, dude, like, you know, props to you because I, I can speak for everybody. I'm sure that we did not expect you to come back like you never left. Right. Like you came back and you balled. Well, I think about like how the <clears throat> how the mental side of it works. When you're doing that and and you're talking about hundreds a game, because if you think about every pitch thrown, yeah. I mean, that's hundreds a game. Mm -hmm. And so when you're taking that many reps and you're looking at where the second baseman is versus where the shortstop is versus how the outfielders are playing it versus is the first baseman, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, you start looking at it from that standpoint. Now, when you step into the box, you look up and you see the second baseman and now memories happen, right? 100%. Because when we talk about how the brain works, we our brain, and this goes into self-talk that I want to get into as well, that your your whole system is based on signals, right? It, your brain doesn't speak language back to you. So when you're self-talking to yourself and you're saying, don't hit it at the second baseman. Don't hit it at the second baseman. You're <laughs> going to hit it at the second baseman because yeah. you just visualized hitting it to the second baseman because your your brain is speaking signals. Mm -hmm. But because you went through all these scenarios and you're and hundreds of times, I mean, I mean, so in a season, in that season, you probably took over three thousand mental reps. And it's funny because like I felt like I was tired. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, right. Mentally, Absolutely. I felt like I was tired. Like I didn't play, but I felt like just drained too right. after the games in a sense. Right. Well, it's like what they yeah. say, well, AJ and I talk a lot because I have a puppy and he's going to be getting a puppy and he actually is pretty good at training dogs. It's the same thing they say about, you know, when you're training a brain of a puppy, right, just running them or walking them is not good enough. No. You've got to take them to to like a dog park to get stimulated mm -hmm. because they're trying to figure out all these different things that are going on with different dogs and that wears them out. Mm -hmm. So to your point, it's the same thing with the brain. Mm -hmm. You were using so much mental capacity to figure things out, it was tiring. But if you were to be on the field, you wouldn't have been entire, as tired because, whoops, it's because you're not thinking. Mm -hmm. You're reacting because True. you're a pro. You're thinking and you're reacting. So when we start looking at it from that standpoint, we've got to understand what's actually happening up here and how much more we can prepare 
just by those mental reps of just by thinking about what we're required to do in our sport or our competition throughout the entire day. And that is such an important thing. So to go back to the quick rise and go idea of eliminating false step, that's one of the things that I communicate to the, the athletes all the time is when they're false stepping and they can't figure out how to not false step. And for those of you that are listening that, that don't know what that means is if I'm standing on the line and I need to go forward or I need to go laterally, taking a false step would be going either backwards or in the opposite direction of the lateral movement I want to go. Or right in place. Or yeah, exactly. Or Mm -hmm. right in place. And so the reason we get on the quick rise and go, the reason the drill exists to get your feet going is because it makes it harder while your feet are already going to now make a step to go forward because you want to take a step back to set up that race position. Mm -hmm. And so what I ask kids all the time and I say, so were you thinking don't step back? And the majority of them go, yeah, I was. And I go, exactly. You just told yourself to step backwards, right? So you've (laughs) got to think differently. You've got to cue it. And we talk a lot about that on this podcast is about cueing. Cueing is so important. So it could be abs. It it could be setting my glutes. It could be, you know, get my right foot down. It could be just step forward, you know. And those are things that, again, throughout your day could be constantly thought about. That I'm getting out of my car and I put the weight on the ball of my foot to the middle of my foot, not the outside wall of my foot so that my knee stays in place. Well, that helps your backswing, right? Helps your back position, <laughs> wow, right? I'm getting out of the, out of the car and I put my foot flat on the ground and I squeeze my adductor to keep my knee in line. That's my back leg when I get out to swing Yep. for you, especially since you're a lefty, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, think about if we can put ourselves in those positions all the time and our minds constantly on it, when it's time to react, we're going to be in the right position. Yep. 100%. It's funny because like those things, those are things that you kind of told me before whenever I first started coming in, coming to A3. Mm-hmm. And I remember you would tell me those things and I'd be so mind blown because <laughs> you don't think about that, you know, right. like those are things you don't think about. You just right. go on without your day. You go to pick something up or you go to get in your car. You don't, you don't have that, that train of thought, but then like, okay, well, if you move this certain way, mm-hmm. you know, or if you do this certain thing, then this can help you with this. And it's right. like, wait, what? Like, yep. wow. Yeah, you're right. You know, or go, just simply picking something up could be you fielding a ground ball or a ball on the ground where you have to get up, turn and make a throw. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's crazy that whenever you change your mindset up on how much that your daily activities can actually mm-hmm. translate to your sport or what mm-hmm. you do, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. And that, I mean, if we can communicate anything to that, to that younger generation, whether we're talking high school, middle school, college, or even, you know, the first couple years in the pros, everything is about preparation, a hundred percent everything. And the worst thing you can do for yourself is to not be in that mindset. And the night before be cramming, try to get into and try to get there because (laughs) you're wasting so much energy going into it. So you're going to not sleep well. Yeah. You risk exhausting yourself. You're Mm -hmm. absolutely the game by panicking Mm -hmm. and trying to over prepare when you should be prepared up to that point. And then you're going to throughout mental reps. Right. So through breakfast, through lunch or whatever time your game is, Mm -hmm. now you're starting to get into this point where you got this nervous energy that's happening because you're self-conscious about what's about to happen because you're not totally The nervous energy is cool. It's it's fine in some instances, right? Right. Because I always get butterflies before the game, right? Completely natural, just adrenaline pumping, excitement, whatever it is. That's a big one is understanding what nerves are. Versus me being unprepared and it's like the nervous Mm -hmm. energy of me not not being prepared enough. It's more on the lines of 
I am prepared and I'm excited to get going. Yeah. And that's an important thing is <laughs> redefining the feeling. Yeah. Right. We've talked about that a lot that, yeah. you know, what is nerves? What are nerves, the nervousness, the butterflies? Well, it's just chemistry happening in your body and you're getting endorphins and you're getting all this adrenaline to pop into your system. Yeah. And then if you're not used to that feeling, you freak out. Or right. if you're not prepared yet, you freak the out. The moment I would start feeling that, I knew I was ready. Right. I would feel that and I'd be like, okay, now I know I'm ready because I'm starting to feel that feeling yeah. again. Yeah. But I know I've prepared enough. Right. So this nervousness is not that I'm underprepared. It's more along the lines of now I'm just getting excited. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that anxiety of that first hit. And then yep. after that first hit, then everything is just, yep. now we're back into the game. Absolutely. That, that's happened to me. Um, And actually in, in that championship series against Justin mm -hmm. in, in Mexico, like it's happened throughout my career. But, like, for me, how I've kind of adjusted with it and how I know is, like, when I get that feeling, like, it's a big moment of the game. You mm -hmm. hear the crowd just going crazy, especially in Monclova. Like, they're, 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 their fans are, like, right on you, mm -hmm. you know? And it was packed, you know, sold out. And it just everybody's yelling, like, and I started getting those butterflies. And I just, you just have to smile. Like, for me, I smile because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, You've yeah. You've been there before? Like, yeah. yeah. I've been here before. Like, yeah. like this is where I shine. You know, this is this is, this is is where, like, I make my money right this here. This is not the know? nervous like, energy of, like, oh, my God, am I going to hit the ball? Am I going to, yeah. is he going to throw a, something I'm not ready for? It's yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here completely again. ready. I'm it's time to enough. shine. And yep. I think that's a, you know, it's an important factor to bring that up because, you know, one person that we can all agree on that has made that scenario pretty popular, but people hate on him for doing it is Usain Bolt. Oh, yeah. I think about him before the race and everybody thought he was showboating. No, the, yeah. the dude was ready <laughs> to go. Talking to the people that are holding his blocks. Right. Yeah. And he's just, ha he's just relaxed. He's having a good time. He's prepared. You know, even when he had the pressure of the Olympic final and everyone somehow he might break the world. I mean, imagine that pressure. It's the Olympic final. And everyone's talking about you breaking the world record. And if you don't break the world record or win the Olympic final, then you're a failure. And he's laughing about it, right? <laughs> he's having a good time with yeah. it. So you have a lot of people, oh, he's just so arrogant and he's this and he's that. No, no he's no, not no. at all. No, yeah. no, no. Let, let's, let's redefine what's happening here. You have an athlete that has prepared to the utmost, utmost, utmost degree. And if anything happens during that moment, you should be in awe of how calm he is in How's that moment smiling right now you should be so respectful <laughs> confidence in his preparation right. yeah you sh there yeah. should be a respect fact a respect factor that unlike anything we've ever seen because people that haven't been there are upset that mm -hmm. they're not oh, oh it's game time game face oh. mm -hmm. and it's like no that's not how at all that's just not how you should be at all and if there's a if there's an example that we can watch it's usain bolt he's very gracious Mm -hmm. he's not demeaning to anybody ever he's very complimentary of everybody he races mm -hmm. against it's confusing that he's so calm right that's the why is he so calm i don't understand so calm right <laughs> it just comes off as arrogance no yeah. it's, it's not confidence arrogance. in his preparation Absolutely. he's done enough throughout the weeks he's ran yep. enough races he's been there a million times yeah yeah the big stage is not is no longer the big stage. It's right. just another race. Or for he him. redefined what the big stage was, and that's what he wants. I yeah. want the big yeah. stage. That's what Give you're it looking to me. For. That's what I. That's the only time that's I what really makes me enjoy comfortable. it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I you know, if, if we can communicate that to the kids too, to understand, like it's okay to be calm. And <laughs> I know a lot of coaches out there and a lot of people out there are always talking about, you know, you got to be serious and you got to be this, that, and the other. And yet, maybe you did 
as an athlete. That doesn't yeah. mean everybody needs to be. So if you have mm -hmm. a kid that's calm and kind of, you know, just messing around a little bit, but not distracting, then what's the problem here? I, I had that in college. Yeah. My, my special teams coach. Right. And this is the <laughs> year I was leading the nation in kick return. And he was just like, AJ, you're not hyped up enough. Mm. And I'm like, you know, everybody prepares, <laughs> prepares differently. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I'm just, I was the guy sitting in my locker, listening to my music with my head down. And we, I, we had players that, you know, get wild yeah, up, right. slamming on the lockers, right, dumping right. over trash cans, whatever it is, trying to get everybody riled up. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just like, it doesn't take all that, you know, like yeah. I just prepare a little well, you're bit. you're saving your energy. For yeah, but then my special there. teams coach was, hey, you know, you're not fired up and da, 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 da. And he would come to me and if you don't score a touchdown, this and this and this is going to happen. And Trying if you do score, pressure, I'm going right. to run down there and jump on the pile. I need to see some energy out of you. So what happens? I run a kickoff back for a touchdown. I'm looking for him. Where are you? You're supposed right. to be down here in the end yeah, zone. Yeah, right. jumping in oh, the pile. I didn't, see, that's what I'm saying. People just prepare differently. It's not right. that I wasn't into the game or unprepared. It's just, you know, my calmness is not a projection of my unpreparedness, right? right. Yeah, I am absolutely. prepared. I'm calm. I'm just ready to go. Right. That's all that everybody prepares differently. You can never tell where somebody's at in their preparation based on you know, the way that they're acting in the yeah. locker room or whatever. It's, like, like I said, I had people that would be going crazy, cramming the night before, or acting crazy. And sometimes that would make me nervous. I'm like, I didn't see you doing that all week. <laughs> right, Man, right. Why, how are you yeah. acting like that now? Where is this coming from? Right. Yeah. right. Meanwhile, I've been the same even kill throughout the week, preparing the same, getting comfortable with being in these weird situations or, you know, seeing these different plays, seeing these different receivers and just taking it in and, you know, being even keel, even keel. Yeah. Right. But you would, you run into coaches that are like, oh, he's nonchalant or he doesn't yeah. care or whatever. And it's not that it's just, I prepare differently. Yeah. Right. But then when you see me per perform on the field then it's like, oh, okay, that's just yeah. how AJ prepared. Right. Yeah, Again, right. And I'm not the only one. There's probably tons of people that I'm, I know that I've seen that prepare like me and everybody yep. just does it differently. But again, you have to prepare to be calm, right? Yep. You don't want to prepare to be, to trying to cram or trying to like be rah, 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 rah. Cause sometimes that doesn't work for you. It works against you, right? Yep. It can exhaust you by trying to cram or do too much in preparation for a game. Yeah. And that's, you know, like I was talking about my college coach, it was the same thing. The college coach would always tell us like, just chill out. It's going to be okay. <laughs> My college track coach, not my football coach, but he yeah, would always tell us. Never said that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that was the great thing about it, and it, and when having that understanding is huge, absolutely huge. Yeah, that was that. That kind of reminds me of take that. Take a break, real quick. It's this. Cut. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Quick commercial break. Yep, commercial Podcast break. Podcast is sponsored by Powerhouse. Should be. I think <laughs> that'll be easy Powerhouse. to cut. The, <laughs> think that'll be easy to on the even with the video. Okay. Um, kind of back to what we we're talking about, like like preparation in different ways and kind of going throughout your game. Um, it reminds me of that UFC fighter that just fought. I think it's Holland. He's a he's a dude. He just talks throughout he's the whole fight. Talking through, yeah, yeah. You know, throughout the whole fight, and then he ended up losing this fight. His last fight, he just fought, and everybody's like, "Oh, well, you didn't you didn't prepare right, you know?" Or he's just talking throughout his fights, you know. And people are just kind of bashing him. He had for been it. winning doing that. He was winning doing that, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. His, he, that's just how, who he is, how he prepares. So you lose one, and now he's not prepared. And yeah. now he's not prepared. <laughs> that's exactly you know? what they said. And no. and that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's what like they he's, said. you're not focused enough. You don't take it serious enough because he would be in there 
talking to the person that he's right, fighting right, or right. talking to the coaches that are outside the the octagon right. and yeah. as he's fighting give me some tips what am i doing wrong yeah. and people are like you you know because most people don't do that yeah they're right. just in there for the fight mm -hmm. talking listening to their coaches but not never giving verbal cues back mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. he's in there talking to the guy that's punching him that's a good punch yeah, that was a good. That, that was a hard punch. You know, same thing. <laughs> Why you hit me, awesome. Why you hit me so hard, man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's awesome. what that's what makes it entertaining. But yeah. at the same time, if he's always been doing that, mm -hmm. that's just how he prepares, and that's yeah. that's his normal, right? right? And maybe so you when change we that. look at it, we're like, "What you you don't look like? You, he's not prepared. He's not yep. sure, or he doesn't exactly. care, or whatever it is." But it's, exactly. he's been winning, right? So, but he loses, and he should have won, right? Yeah. I saw the fight. He should have mm -hmm. won. He was winning. The guy came back and threw some punches at him and put him down, but. He's a good fighter. It's yeah. not yeah. like he's not a like he was on at that stage for a reason. But exactly. what if we would have had that technology when Muhammad Ali was fighting? Oh right. man, yeah, exactly. Right. We, we would say not, we we're not, not, we not gonna say Muhammad Ali is not prepared. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Right. He the greatest thing to ever come. He telling you. Yeah. Ahead yeah. of, ahead of <laughs> in the press conference. Right. Yeah. Same thing with Mike Tyson. Nobody's gonna doubt doubt that man when he's talking crazy like that. Mm -hmm. Right. I guess it's you know you just as. Right. But that's forward. I mean it just goes to our point that there there is no one right way to do it. And 100%. that's 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 really the bottom line. And for those of you that are out there, the youngsters that are, you know, a little nervous or trying to figure things out, it's okay. We've all been there. It takes time to figure out your own process, but it's your process. 100%. And don't allow somebody to tell you how your process should be. Take it in. Be respectful of the person or the coach that's trying to help you. But at the same time, underlying, you need to understand that your process is your process. And that's okay. And that's okay. If you're not super hype and you're calm, fine. If you're not calm and you're super hype, that's your way. That's okay too. It man. just yeah. is what it is. And everybody's got a little bit different way of dealing with stress and pressure and everything else. But as long as you're prepared, that's the number one thing. You can't go into something not prepared. Yeah, that's that would the, be my, that's the my rule. Biggest piece of advice would just be prepare up to the game. Yeah, <laughs> don't try to prepare the night before. Right, it's just right. like taking a test. It's the same yeah, thing. Same you have a huge AP biology <laughs> test. Don't wait till the night before. Yeah, it's. I mean, you got to understand the content of what's going on so that you can make decisions in the test. The same thing goes for sports and anything else in life. It it's not one of those things that you should be waiting all the time and procrastinate, 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 and then try to do it at the last minute. That's just not the way it's going to work. And you're not setting yourself up for success long-term nice. because when we talk about, I mean, when we talk about going into preparation and we're talking about getting in and out of a car or picking some up off the ground as a way to prepare for a game, well, we've said this before, athletics are going to end at some point. So your habits as an athlete, your habits as a student, once school is over and athletics is over, you have created a 15, 20 year, 10 year, whatever that number is, is however long you were involved in it, you've created a, a habitual system over a 10 to 20 year period. So when that ends, you're going to walk into your life after sports with those habits. So I know we're getting a little philosophical here, but understand that if I'm getting into the mentality of the way I pick up that book or the, my posture when I read that book or the way I move this microphone to stand up and get out of this chair, if that's preparing me for competition, 
competition is preparing me for my life. And it's all about what I'm doing to get ready for it. So if I want to be a teacher or I want to be a doctor or I want to be a lawyer or I want to run a business or I want to do whatever that might be, what you're doing as an athlete is preparing you for that moment. So know that now and think about what's going to happen to you 20 years from now because your life doesn't end when athletics ends. <laughs> the yeah. identity of being an athlete ends, but again, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Move on. And all you have to go with you is the preparation, the discipline that you created as an athlete and as a student. Bars. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah. Anything to add? That's it. We're good no, to go? Yeah. That's all good. All right. Stay prepared. Get ready. Find your process. And out. Mic